0: from the Plexweather. This is Jason Anderson from Black and Red United. I'm back. Uh, I've got a, an actual show for you this time, a complete one. This one features a guest. I've got Jordan DiBiase bringing that segment on in just a moment. We're, we're talking about Washington Spirit. We're talking about dogs. Uh, we're talking about injury recovery, all that good stuff. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Definitely a, a good interview, in my opinion, anyway. Do want to just kind of get through some of the spirit news of note, because there's a lot. Uh, I don't want to bog the whole show down in it, um, in part because I'm trying to get this thing out uh, today. I'm recording this on Tuesday. I want to get it out Tuesday so that people have all day tomorrow to listen to it. But I guess tomorrow is kind of a subject here. We'll get to that in a second. I want to go in sequential order here. Uh, The spirit of coming off of a loss, 2-0 at Rossing, Louisville. Two late goals for Louisville. Really, really a tough one for the Spirit, who took 29 shots, who really, I think, controlled this game. I think they created almost all of the chances. They really did everything they could to get the win, but they get caught out, you know, a, a little bit of a, a single mistake in the back. Uh, but also, if we're being fair, I think there is maybe a handball in there as well that went uncalled. This being NWSL, though, that's life. We all know every every single team is going to have a game where the other team gets a call or a goal or something out of, uh, you know, out of a missed call that's just life in this league. I understand, you know, Sam Stobbs trying to make a good decision and trying to make a very Washington spirit decision. She's on the ball. She's under some pressure, but she knows if she can just take that sort of clipped touch, kind of curving the ball around uh, Amina Ekic and towards the touchline, she gives herself that ability to play out with louisville having pushed up a little bit it's actually kind of incumbent on the spirit to make get around that pressure and move the ball up quickly that's how they can get some of these teams that sit lower that want to play on the break how you get them to when they finally commit numbers uh you have to punish them for it if they finally say okay we are going to send some people up for this one if you can get the ball back and move it quickly all of a sudden they don't have their shape they don't have they're you know 10 or 11 behind the ball uh, like they tend to want to do. So for the spirit it's very important that they keep attempting that kind of play. Sam can complete that play very very often so I, I don't think it's one that she should be rattled about. And again, I also think that the whistle should have blown so there's that too. but yeah the the it is a frustrating loss because I think the spirit did control most of the game. The ball is not going in right now, but I think on the other hand, the ball does tend to go in. There are many, many thousands of soccer games uh, in data form pointing to the ball will eventually go in. These shots are going to start to fall. It maybe will be a sitter. You know, maybe it'll be the easiest goal in the world that goes in. It might be an accidental goal. It might be a set piece. It might be something that is completely unlikely. It could be anything. The Spirit needs, they do need something to fall, though, because I, I on one hand, you can look at it, and and Jordan and I talk about this in the next segment, you can tell the team is playing well. They're doing most of the things they want to do at a high level, but it can be very discouraging to do all that stuff and then not get the payoff at the end because the game is supposed to work that way. When you do a bunch of good soccer things, you tend to score goals. It can be really um, a mental challenge. So hopefully uh, tomorrow against Houston, they get rolling on that Get, get a couple goals for, for their good play and, and start to know that the good times, the, the good process comes with a good result. That's what that's what you want. And that is maybe one of the challenges of soccer is that sometimes a very stupid process or a very error-filled process can be rewarded with many goals. Not saying that that's Louisville. I'm saying this more, we've all seen extremely foolish goals. If you go through Twitter, you're going to see a goal where you're like, I can't believe that these two teams did these, this number of dumb things and the ball still ended up going in. We know that soccer can be cruel like that, that you can do a lot of things wrong and still score, or you can do a lot of things right and not score. The uh, Spirit are unfortunately in that, that latter base right now, but it sounds like they're keeping the faith. Um, speaking of this Wednesday game, as we all know, this game has been moved. Uh, the NWSL deemed that uh, Segra Field was not up to competition standard. And relocated it to Houston. Uh, it is technically a, a Spirit home game. Wanted to double check this because I keep my spreadsheets, and I want—I like to have everything listed to that that degree. And so, I want to know who the home team is. And I was like, "Well, this is this is supposed to be a Spirit home game, as far as record keeping goes. Like the stadium doesn't make you the home team. What makes you the home team is the designation on the official match sheets. You know, the refer- this, the paperwork, the referees keep all that kind of stuff." So I did ask, and the team said, yes, Uh, according to league operations, the Washington Spirit will host the Houston Dash in Houston, Texas. That's going to be weird. I know from speaking with the Spirit that they weren't even 100% sure exactly when they were, they, they departed today, but they didn't know as of yesterday when Uh, it was still up in the air, um, a huge challenge to the Spirit's operations team. And I think Jordan even took some time to shout them out for the difficulty there. I can't imagine that. I can barely imagine booking my own travel for just me uh, having no one else to answer to. Can I can't imagine the challenge of trying to book an entire team's worth of travel. I've also, you know, if anyone's I've, I've heard people talking about booking their own travel and airlines are kind of chaotic right now. There are, you know, long standing direct flights that have suddenly become flights that send you to Colorado or to Dallas or whatever for no good reason. So It's going to be a big challenge for the Spirit because it might be another weird travel day. Their travel day to uh, Louisville was strange. I know they had to fly, I believe, to Kentucky uh, or not. Or, of course, they would fly to Kentucky to go to Louisville. But um, Cincinnati's airport is actually in Kentucky. It's just over the border there. I don't know how they then got from that airport to Louisville. Uh, I assume it was from uh, on another plane, but I don't know. Uh, I have no idea. I just know it was a it was a daunting challenge. And it looks like they're in for that again, and then on top of that, this game being in Houston now, their next game on the weekend is at o l rain. That's a one of the or one of it is the longest trip they have on the year so they've they've all of a sudden gone from having a home game that would have been nice to having a scare quotes home game in Texas in uh late May. I'm sure it's going to be lovely and pleasant and not eighty five percent humidity. Just kidding. It'll be exactly that. And then they, on top of that, they then have to go out to the West Coast. So huge challenge for the team on multiple levels. The The big news, obviously, is the dispute, the disputed version of events between DC United and the Spirit over Segra Field. I saw a tweet yesterday from uh, Neil Augustin at WTOP, who what, had photos of construction workers con- connecting the water to the locker rooms I had been previously told a little while ago that those locker rooms did have water and then I heard one source say that the construction changed things and the water was disconnected I have heard from DC United side sources that the the water issue was always going to get done in time and that they feel that the the venue meets every NWSL standard So I don't know. It's it's a lot of different uh, opinions on that. I I think also one thing I do want to take the time to say is just that I know this is a spirit podcast. We're all frustrated that, you know, Segra has storage container locker rooms with water that's getting plugged in on a Monday afternoon when game day is Wednesday. That doesn't leave a lot of time for you to make sure the whole thing works correctly. You're not giving yourself a lot of time to do much testing. It's just like, well, I hope when we turn this thing on, it works. But I will say that, you know, Segra is the host of professional soccer at the USL championship level. I've seen the idea being that it's an unsafe venue, and I don't know that that's the case for playing soccer. It's so it's not so much that it's that, you know, you you, the players deserve showers and the players for Loudoun United deserve showers, too. Um, It's not just the spirit here getting a venue that should be further along than it is. And I know a lot of work wasn't done during COVID, uh, but I also know that there's still, you know, if you look at the timeline of where Segro was supposed to be, even if you subtract the COVID uh, stoppages, even if you're generous with uh, how long you say, okay, fine, there's X number of months that are off the table, it still leaves you with uh, a window there where you're like, well, this project's still behind schedule. So um, I hope for the spirit's sake and for Loud United's sake that the venue is finished in a speedier fashion, uh, because, you know, there are still four games on the schedule that say Segra field and not Audi field. And the spirit declined pretty publicly to commit to those games, which I think is a fair position because July 2nd is that next Segra game, I believe. Um, or no, no, not July 2nd. Yeah. July 2nd. I want to say whenever it is, I don't have that information up and I'm not going to delay the podcast to, uh, to get it. Whenever that is, it's not that far down the road. And the Spirit, I think, have have the right to be a little skeptical as to whether they can actually commit to playing there uh, because the league might tell them this is not an acceptable venue for broadcast or that this is not an acceptable venue to play in um, for the soccer side. Um, So that is probably going to continue to be something that the teams are discussing. I assume the league will also be heavily involved because ultimately they were the ones that made that that call. So it's complicated. Uh, it's not great. Uh, it's not it's not really fair on the players and the soccer side, certainly because they they just want to go play a game. They don't really uh, deserve to have to go fly to Houston because of construction delays or a differing definition of up to competitive standard uh, between a, a, a team and a league. Unfortunately, that is the case. You know, they're the ones that end up bearing the brunt of this. That Houston game is uh, tomorrow night. All right, picking up uh, where I just left off, uh, I I did the final portion of this show, which is about the national team call-ups, but I left a pause in my audio to look up where the, the broadcast information, which is the game is on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, that's all I wanted to say. I just wasn't 100% sure. and my recording software, I don't know, something along the lines churned out something extremely bizarre. So I had to cut that and add this in. So the last, last little news item, I'll go quickly here. Uh, Women's national team, U.S. women's national team calls in uh, Andy Sullivan, Emily Sonnet, Kelly O'Hara for the summer series. They are part of the 23 player roster. Obviously a big moment for all three of them. The Olympics are around the corner. This is the last Non Olympic camp before they actually call in the 23 or twenty three, the eighteen player official roster plus the alternates. The old version of this segment uh, included a long bit about how the IOC should listen to this show and uh, hear my advice on having twenty three player rosters like a real tournament instead of eighteen uh, like a silly nonsense tournament. So if they want to do that, I would encourage them to do that. Uh, but until then, uh, it's a. The most challenging battle to get on that roster uh, that there is in women's soccer. They're getting on to the 18 player women's national team. That's, that's nuts. So it's a huge moment for all three. Obviously, we know from watching the national team that Kelly O'Hara is probably starting right back. Emily Sonnet, her versatility makes her very appealing to an 18 player roster. I think she's on the plane as well. Andy, Through some bad timing, has been caught with a couple of knocks right when the national team was calling players in. So she hasn't had as much of an opportunity to showcase what she can bring to the table. Uh, But right now there is the opening for her, which was still there; it still existed. But now it's it's a little bigger because of the injury Julie Ertz suffered uh, in Portland, playing for Chicago. I'm sure the national team intends to do everything they can to get her back because it's Julie Ertz. Wouldn't you want her? on the field. But yeah, this is a huge opportunity for for Sullivan as well and I am sure she's going to go and do everything she can to make sure that when Vlatko is determining who gets to get on that plane to Japan that Sullivan's a name that's on his list. So it's going to be a very interesting time to to watch the team. It's going to result in the team being shorthanded for a couple of games, I believe, uh but uh that is life in women's soccer, especially in a on a continent where playing through the winter is not really a viable option in a lot of places. So the calendar, it will always conflict until North American soccer overthrows FIFA and forces them to start calling it soccer instead of football, etc. Uh, so until that uh, glorious day, we're stuck with this sort of thing where the national team has players away and the NWSL still has games. So it'll be an interesting moment for sure for the Spirit as well as for these players uh, on the national team level. And with that out of the way, hopefully this recorded uh, well instead of being a glitchy nightmare, uh, I'm going to roll into a segment that I know is good, which is my interview with Jordan DiBiase. No glitches, uh, no audio glitches, I promise. Here we go. And for the first time on Plex Plexweather, uh, unlike last week, I do have a guest this time. Uh, I'm joined by Jordan DiBiase. Jordan, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I wanted to start, I actually had this down as my uh, first thing to bring up, and we actually have already talked about this topic. I, I have a couple people that want to know about Dewey. How's Dewey doing? Uh, is there any kind of important <laughs> update in Dewey's life right now?
1: Oh, these are my favorite people. Uh, Dewey's (laughs) good. He Mm. is like 10 months, almost 11 months. And exciting news, uh, my roommate Nat got a puppy. So he has a sister, uh, a little Ruka, Rue for short. She's an Aussie, um, an Australian shepherd. So they're learning how to live together, which has been really exciting and eventful. Um, Dewey is like, still kind of a puppy himself so he just wants to play all the time and like i now understand why parents are like don't have two kids within two years <laughs> like wait a little longer because it's mm-hmm. kind of hard <laughs> but they're gonna be they're they're getting really close ruka is big enough where she really loves to play with dewey um mm-hmm. so he's she's into it and dewey's always into it so pretty soon they are going to be best friends um, it's going to be great. And Dewey, actually, he went, I took him to meet his like mom and dad and brother, the okay. breeders. They live like 30 minutes away. We did that yesterday on our off day. Um, And that was fun too. So he's That's doing awesome. great. He's yeah, loving that, it.
0: That sounds, that sounds really good. I, I, I at some point I'm going to have to talk uh to Natalie and, and uh, get the other side of this. I'm, Ruka. Yeah, hear hear the news stories about Ruka and, and how this is uh, developing. It sounds like things are good. Um, it's always, it's, it's nice to hear, uh, you know, I've heard of people bringing a second dog in and, and the dogs are like, I don't know how to handle this whatsoever. Um, but it sounds like this is more like, you know, they're, they're figuring it out. That's good.
1: Yeah, and Dewey's been pretty adaptable. Um, I actually mm. got him, so I didn't know, but... I found out about my hip surgery on Monday and mm-hmm. I had already been planning on getting Dewey. And so I found out about my hip surgery on Monday, got Dewey on Tuesday, had confirmation about my hip surgery on Wednesday <laughs> and then went home that weekend, like found a dog carrier. Cause last minute, I like went and had my surgery at home. Um, and like within three days, he like outgrew the dog carrier. It was crazy, but he, <laughs> he was good. And he didn't cry yeah. on the plane and then I had hip surgery, so I couldn't really uh do a lot and he's been adaptable. He's he's a good dog. Hmm.
0: That's that's pretty that's pretty impressive. I, I my family has always had dogs and I don't think any of them could have handled any of that uh very well <laughs> without without some sort of aggravation or just sadness and crying. So I'm I'm very impressed. Uh Dewey sounds very yeah,
1: mature the worst is the crate but we're we've outgrown that so that's
0: nice. good. <laughs> i it, tried is is it now sounds a little yeah it it sounds like dewey is growing fast is that accurate
1: yeah he yeah. i think he's full grown um, okay. but i don't know because we saw his dad and brother yesterday and they are total tanks and dewey <laughs> kind of still looks like a Skinny, a, a lean bean. So mm-hmm. he might need to fill out a little bit. Maybe I like need to feed him a little more. But I promise I'm not underfeeding him. I <laughs> was a little nervous about that at one point, and then went to the vet. He's very healthy.
0: That's that's good here. I, I yeah my when I moved into a post college house, one of my roommates got a dog, and when he brought the dog home, uh, it was really really tiny little dog of like maybe ten pounds max uh but had had these gigantic paws and i think i was the only person in the house that had extensive experience with with dogs and i was like this dog's gonna be huge and they're like no look how small it is already and i was like it's paws it's the giant paws like well that's just a a fluke and i was like no no this dog is going to be like enormous by the end of summer and sure enough by the end of summer they're like i didn't know this dog would ever get this big and i'm like it's not even done growing um so that was that was an adventure uh, to say the least. Uh, some 22 year olds figuring out that dogs grow fast sometimes.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious.
0: Um, so you you mentioned um, your hip surgery and, and I know it was exciting for the fans to see you back on the field. I know from speaking with Richie after the game, it was a, a really nice moment uh, for not just for you, but for, for really for everyone at the team. I can only imagine uh, what that, experience was like for you um so i guess the best way to find out is just to ask how was that getting getting back in into a game where it's not training it's not with restrictions on this or that it's just you're in a game it's competitive the other team is playing to win um it's it's the real deal how was that for you uh
1: it was awesome um Mm -hmm. i think i just i turned i like think about it and it just makes me smile um Mm -hmm. just so much I'm so grateful and have so much gratitude. Uh, just, I think stepping on and playing and being pain-free um, at the end of the game, I I almost just like happy tears were rolling down my face, you know. Uh, just grateful for for all the people who have just helped me through all of this and have gotten mm-hmm. me back on the field. Um, just grateful to be healthy um, for all the lessons that I learned and um, to just excited and maybe hopeful, hungry. To, for the future, and to keep getting back there. You know, I think the second you get injured, the first thing you think about is when am I going to play again,
0: mm-hmm. or like be
1: your first game back. And there's just so much. Um, so, to step on the field and and to come off healthy, uh, that was such a dub for me. Um, I got tackled. I tackled someone. Mm-hmm. Um, I fell, and and just to feel good, I think that was like a huge check that off the list. And now I'm like, okay, I am ready to go. Um, so it was a massive first step and I have a long way to go, but, uh, I'm, I'm excited for more of it.
0: Mm. I, I I do. It's kind of that interesting thing of what, whenever I've spoken to anyone, uh, any player that's come back from injury, that, that first, like you said, that first tackle, whether it's you making the tackle or being tackled, um, it's one of those internal checklist things. Like that's when, you know, you can start to trust, whatever whatever was repaired you can start to trust it for real because it's that contact has happened and and you were fine um what what was that uh was there like a specific moment do you remember who the tackle was or who you tackled or anything like that where you're like okay this is this this is gonna work
1: um not exactly I think Mm -hmm. uh I think I was pretty nervous and just um excited I feel like nervous excited a little unsure of like what will happen um it all kind of leads to the same physical reaction of like kind of like can't breathe really like can't cut Mm -hmm. your breath can't really like think a lot um so i i just remember being like i can't really feel my legs i'm pretty nervous and like Mm -hmm. like, i'm fine (laughs) um so i don't remember specifically uh Mm -hmm. i know i remember in training so like my first tackle back and my hip surgery was actually on a mannequin okay. I was like playing possession <laughs> I packed up and the mannequin was right there and I was like oh well <laughs> hey there's my first tackle um but I don't really remember in the game um yeah exactly I think it, it was like the first play I'd gotten in though I mm-hmm. had like went to go double with Tori and I was like oh man I can tackle so
0: yeah
1: um it's just cool I'm I'm just grateful for healthy hip and um, just a great team and, and people behind me helping me get back.
0: Uh, did the mannequin come through the tackle? Uh, did it survive the <laughs> tackle?
1: It did better than me. Actually, no, okay. I think I took it out. Too. We both were on the ground for a little bit <laughs> and everyone was laughing at me. I was like, oh, good. Great to be back. <laughs> just right. kidding. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Um,
0: so uh, I, I do want to ask, because um, I, I, you know, like, like just about everyone, 2020 is kind of a I don't know when, like, I know things happened in 2020, but I can't really sort out the order or how long ago it actually was. Um, How far past uh, your surgery are you at this point?
1: Uh, So I injured myself in the Challenge Cup in July. Mm -hmm. Um, I had surgery in the beginning of October. So I'm going on, I think, 11 months since my initial injury and eight months since my surgery.
0: Okay. And it... Was this, uh with with the injury, was it like a sudden thing or was it something that wore down until it got to the point that you had to, you, you had no option but to go to, sur- go to the surgeon and, and take care of it that way?
1: Um, It was pretty cute. It was mm. in the Portland game. I like lunged for a ball and I felt like a pop in my hip and okay. I kind of like sprung up and then all the muscles around my hip just like kind of. On me and I was like, what just happened?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um.
1: And I tried to rehab it back, and I just I couldn't. I was. It was a frustrating time. Um. So, mm. kind of when I found out, like, oh, you need surgery, uh, to one to one side, I was pretty bummed. And to another, it was like almost relieving. Like, okay, I'm
0: like gonna get better now. Right. Yeah. Having having a pathway towards. Yeah. Seeing a, like yeah. the light at the
1: end of the tunnel because like yeah. I was trying to get back and it just wasn't happening. Um. So. It, it all worked out. And um, it, I'm so much better for it. And mm. it's just I think what's so hard is that when you're coming back from a big surgery like that, uh, it just takes time, um, yeah. which for a professional soccer player who just wants to be playing every second of every day, you know, um, time and like the uncertainty of time is hard. Um, so it's like anyone who's injured, you just have to take it day by day and I think my approach has been like, I'm going to do everything I can in my power to get back. And, and just kind of like, you don't want to get too high. and You don't want to get too low. You just want to take every day as it comes and see what the day brings. Uh,
0: Now, I know, um, or I don't know this, actually, I heard that, um, you spent most of the rehab process back in Colorado. Was that just at home around family?
1: Yeah. uh Uh-huh. I was, um my family's from. I'm from Colorado so I was home with my family which was kind of like um the silver lining and mm-hmm. um my PT from home best she's just the best and so um my PT my surgeon and just the team I had there they were great and uh really just like got me better faster than I could have ever imagined um so it was awesome and it was really really awesome of the spirit to to let me do that and then um I was able to kind of transition back to DC when I could kind of like jump into training's a little bit and start integrating in with the team so it was like a perfect send off. Hmm.
0: So I I think um speaking or you know based on what Richie told us during the preseason uh, told us meaning uh the media um it sounded like the timeline was that they were still in Florida and that you and Julia Rotter both kind of arrived in roughly the same period of time. Is that accurate or do I, do I have something off here?
1: No, that's right. So yeah. I came, Julia came a few days later. I I'd okay. take her, I'd take her to, uh, to Target so she could get all her okay. apartment needs. <laughs> nice. Uh, it was fun. We went on a walk. I remember her like first or second day uh, mm-hmm. with Dewey. She's yeah. a Dewey fan.
0: Okay. That's good. It's good that that she got the instant uh like got it out of the way like some people are maybe not familiar with dogs or like I don't know if I'm on board with this dog or not. Um good for her to just get in right away and be like no no this is good. Um <laughs> yeah. I, I I like that there's also that um you know that traditional thing of any time people relocate uh that trip to target. I was just I have a friend that's about to move. And she was saying, she's like, "Yeah, I'm. I realize I'm going to be at Target like five times in in like a week, um, just picking up things I didn't realize I was missing."
1: Yeah, exactly. And poor Julia, she's like, "I'm in a new country. I don't, I don't really quite have a car. I don't know what's going on." I was like, "I got you. Well, let's go to Target." <laughs> nice. <laughs> she was <good> to <laughs> um,
0: so, so I, I guess, uh, that kind of gets into the the question I had in mind, which is just that sort of in between period where I know it was only a few days, so it's maybe not, not that big of a deal, but, um, you get into town and you're ready to go. Um, and I can only imagine that you're more ready to go now, you know, when you, you get back than maybe ever before, but the rest of the team save one player and, and, you know, off the field, uh, staff, everyone else is down in Florida. Um, how was how that? It almost it feels to me like it'd almost be like a false start. Like, I, I know Richie said that you had called him and he had planned. He was kind of jokingly complaining about that he had a couple off days and you're like, hey, we got to get to work. And so he's like, oh, I, you have to scrap these days off. I had planned for myself.
1: Yeah, I was pretty eager to go. I was mm-hmm. ready to go. Um, yeah, I came back. I think what was nice, so Avery on our, on our team was here, too. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and I was still at a point of my rehab where I I hadn't seen anyone for like five, six months too, you know, so, um, they weren't going to just like throw me into team training and I hadn't been in a team training environment yet. So I wasn't quite like full go, but I was really excited just to be back and to be with our team. Like I hadn't seen anyone in so long. Mm -hmm. Um, and I left pretty abruptly last season. So, um i had like physical therapy and i was training on my own doing what i was allowed to do and so i i kept busy um and i had kept doing kind of like my routine um which made it easier to kind of like transition back with the team they were really great i wasn't actually able to participate in like team team like i was there with the team but i had to uh kind of like pass some pass some boxes had a little more to go before i could integrate into mm. like passing boxes or whatnot so my first passing box in rondo was super exciting
0: yeah. yes
1: finally <laughs> and i got what? lots of quality time with our um sports performance coach michael mm-hmm. i kidding with him. we team mj michael jordan
0: yeah <laughs> um So I I guess, uh, for once in, in my podcasting career, I've actually come up with, uh, kind of a good pivot that I'm now, I'm now stepping all over it because I'm saying that it's pivot. Um, but we're talking about you're persevering through this injury and, and the recovery process. And I know, you know, I, I wanted to speak with you last week and there was a day where it was like, well, she can't, she's got more physical therapy, um, that is involved with that process. So. It's not, you know, it's an ongoing thing, but right now as a team, you're also having to persevere through a uh, a moment where it's it's a difficult thing because you're playing well, you've outplayed two games, two games in a row. I I feel like you've outplayed the other team, um, but the ball's not going in. Uh, you're not getting that reward for doing all the other uh good stuff. So how are you and, and as a group, how are you dealing with that sort of like conflicting? you know, knowledge where you're doing so much right. And yet the, you know, normally when you do things right, you expect that the outcome is good. And then in soccer, sometimes soccer is like, yeah, you did a great job, but also you're not getting any rewards today. Sorry.
1: Yeah. I think that's the beauty of soccer, right? Like Mm -hmm. it it keeps you on your toes and anyone can win on any single day. So on any given day, um, I think it's obviously been really frustrating to not get the results and have them go our way. Um, but I think, like, the bigger picture, right, is the, the soccer that's being played, um, the style of play, and and that we feed off of the good that have come of the last two games. Um, kind of like rear, Richie always says, rearview mirror, right? So mm-hmm. you, you take the good from it, you learn the lessons that we need to learn, and you move forward. And I think that's what's really special. Um, I mean, I, I've only been here for what we said. Um, I got back what like end of March um, mm-hmm. and and I've just kind of been jumping into team trainings, but it's very clear to me that the quality's there, right And so um, it's this like special time where you're blending all these personalities and this talent um, to create this team and and you're only as good as the team you know. Um, so I think um, what's really exciting is I don't even think we've hit, half of our potential, you know, and that's what's being shown, right? Like there's really great glimpses and we're not getting the finished product. Um, and, and everyone's taken it upon themselves. Like we want to win games. So mm. um, in the good, and now we just got to execute on our, in our attack. Um, and I think uh, everyone's on the same page and we just have a good trajectory and, and the results are going to start coming for us.
0: That's good. That sounds that's that's a, a it almost feels like a pep talk for for me because uh covering, you know, covering this like, game against Louisville, covering I don't I don't know how many of our listeners are going to be people that watched the D.C. game last night. Uh, we're recording on May 24th. So it's it's the game against Philadelphia, um, even Loudon's uh, first home game. I think I saw, or I think I was trying to total up the expected goals from all these games in the last week and a half, and it was like one goal for nine or so expected goals spread across all the teams we cover. And I was like, do I I need to like exercise? Do I need to do some sort of uh, you know uh, curse-ending ceremony of some kind? Um, But I feel like maybe you've got a better perspective on it, where it's. It really isn't about curses uh, so much. It just maybe feels like it at the, in the moment. It feels kind of like, is there a hex? Is there, did someone, you know, put a spell on the goal?
1: Um, no, I think also like the beauty of, of soccer too, right? Like um, at the end of the day, you don't want to peak too soon. And um, mm-hmm. if we can play this well, I think the missing puzzle piece, obviously we need to finish. Oh, um, we need to win games, um, but it's coming and you can just tell in training and in, in the attitude and in the culture um, mm. that I think there's going to be a shift. The curse, the curse that you're saying is not <laughs> a long curse, <laughs> temporary.
0: Awesome. Uh, I'm I'm relieved to hear it. Uh, I, I had to do two articles la- late last night that were both about how the team was playing very well and that the goals were coming. But it's also like I felt like I'm having to sell it to the audience uh as much as to myself. So I'm glad to hear that the belief is still there. That's that's I think I, I assume that anyone listening to this is also going to be very glad to hear that. Um hey. but, like I said, we're we're speaking on Monday. Um you're heading off to Houston for Wednesday's game. Obviously it wasn't the plan. Um this game was supposed to be played uh out at Segra on Wednesday night. Now it's instead I found out from the team uh that this is still a home game uh for the spirit. You're the home team in Houston. Um, which I, I, I don't know what that entails if, if you get to uh chase the, the dash out of their locker room. I, I feel like that, that would be very strange for everyone. Um but I I, I I did I I I actually circled back to make sure that there would still be time today because I know it's so hectic. Um going on the road for a normal game where it's been planned well in advance can still be really hectic, there's so many things going on. And then this one, the change, you know, you found out the venue change very recently. So I'm I'm curious how are how are you handling that aspect of going into this game? How does it affect, you know, on an individual level? How does it affect uh you if it affects you at all?
1: Yeah. Uh I mean, first and foremost, I feel like uh this is a good point. Um just to give a shout out to to our staff. Um mm-hmm are everyone who's been working behind the scenes to get this transition. Um, they're just making it as easy as possible. And I can't imagine like you're saying all that, how last minute is, whatnot. Um, yeah. They've just effort. it seems effortless, you know, but you know, it's not, you know, they're working really hard behind the scenes to make it seem that way. So um, I just can't thank them enough to, for, for adjusting on the fly. And um, for me personally, um it's a game you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh I I'm excited and hopeful that uh maybe I'll be able to get some minutes and contribute and help the team tomorrow or I guess on Wednesday. So um especially being away from the game for so long I don't care where we play I just <laughs> want to play. Um mm. I will say though I'm I'm really excited uh for the chance to play at Audi. The mm. I still think back to uh my rookie year when we sold it out. And I can't wait now that live sports are back, that fans are coming back, that hopefully uh, sometime soon we can have a a packed Audi again.
0: Yeah, it's been, it's, the experience has been strange going, going to Audi and no one's really there. Um, I, the spirit were kind enough to let me and uh, Andre Carlisle from our site um, attend uh, the preseason game against Gotham. And part of me was like, this is kind of a strange thing. But also, after a year of being in the press box in empty stadiums, it was like, part of my brain was like, this is actually very normal to me, and I don't like it. I don't like that it's becoming normal. So um, getting getting people in the building, getting getting uh, some noise. You know, at the DC game last night, it was loud. Um, it's louder than it's been in in a while. Um, so. Getting making progress towards that, um, having you know limited fans for the previous home games was nice, but uh, obviously there's nothing that's going to match you know getting being able to sell all the tickets and and having everyone there for the spirit. That's going to be, uh, I think, a really you know kind of a a, a real landmark. I think for a- anyone that follows the team because it's been such a you know and and I can't even imagine you know on the player's side what the the difference is you know walking out to an empty venue, it, you know, it's just not the same experience I've got to imagine.
1: No. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, being able to play even last year was such a success and we are just mm. so grateful to the games. But um, I will say uh, it's different when there's fans and I'm excited um, mm. to, to welcome them back this season.
0: Well, you know, speaking of uh, this, maybe the specifics of this game, um, you know, the dash and the spirit, I think you've both, you're two teams that have kind of established an identity Um since Richie came in, since, since you came in, the first time I ever spoke to Richie ever was about an hour or so after he had selected you in the draft. Um And so that, that identity was there uh right when you came on board, right when he came on board and, and the dash maybe last year, Uh, in the Challenge Cup, started to really establish who they are. And it's two very different identities. Uh, So I'm curious what your thoughts are on how a team like the Spirit that wants to keep the ball, that wants to control the game with possession, uh, can deal with a team like the Dash that really wants to control the game through pressure and transition.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think kind of what you just said, I think it's really good to know the other team and to know their strengths. Um, and weaknesses to know what we need to be prepared, prepared for, and then also where we can maybe exploit and have success. Um, I think, uh, you nailed, you nailed it on the head, just possession for us, right? That's the name Mm. of the game always. Um, and so, um, not losing our identity regardless of who we're playing, right? So I think, um, we'll continue with that and, but also, uh, be put in a setup or or prepare ourselves for the transition right uh Mm. expect it so that would mean well we're bringing numbers forward in possession um we're also having a counteracting movement for someone to be ready for when the ball pops out and they're going to explode out Mm. um and i think that's really maybe uh kind of the game plan as far as that we obviously haven't gone through logistics and i don't know if i could even speak of of the specifics (laughs) richie might might kill me <laughs>
0: right uh, he'd probably come after me first i feel like um for, for putting it out there but uh
1: Excuse me, well, for the spirit. we don't want the, the dash to hear uh right. no we just need to play our game um we're super talented and and we need to play our game and be mindful of of the strengths they have and make sure that um we we take care of that too
0: And that's the show. Uh, My thanks once again to Jordan for her time. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Glad to get to talk about a dog. Uh, It's always a treat. Or two dogs, really. I don't want to shortchange Ruka, uh, who I assume will be a subject on this podcast at some point in the near future. Until that time, uh, you can listen to the show either via the tweet at Plexweather, all one word. There's a tweet that's going to have the episode. You can click it and listen to it there if that's how you do things. If you want to find all the episodes. The website is plexweather.pinecast.co. Every episode is there for download or listening right on the page. If you scroll to the bottom, there's a little tip jar link. Uh if you want to financially support the show, that would be awesome. Uh it means a ton to me. And uh it helps me do things like literally when I finish this, I'm going to go replace this pesky microphone cord that is working right now uh it wasn't working when i spoke to jordan so if you notice audio quality differences between this segment right now and the interview with jordan it is because they recorded with two different microphones because this cord works some of the time but not all the time which i feel like is not how cords should work in the meantime if you want to listen to the podcast on some other platform if you there's a place where you get your podcast from Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, those are the big ones that I know that this show is on. I believe that those then bleed into some other ones. People find them that way. Whatever works for you. If you contact me uh, via either my own Twitter account, which is at DC Soccer or the PlexWeather account, if you want to know, hey, is this on uh, such and such platform? I'll look into it. I might not be able to to give you a good answer quickly or fix the problem if it's not, but I will do what I can because I want as many people listen to the show as possible. And I don't want it to be a a difficult chore for any of you to do so. So let me know, get at me on, on those aspects and whatever else. Uh, I guess I'm opening up the, uh, the platform to just say, you know, the things that you got to say, I don't, I I don't know. I'm out there. Uh, I'm on, I'm at the computer too much. So you'll be able to, to hear from me with all that in mind, uh, thanking Jordan one more time for taking the time on what was a uh, strange day for the team, trying to get themselves together to go to Houston. I'll be back, hopefully hopefully in time before this OL rain game coming up. Um, The fact that it goes from a a Wednesday to a weekend, that is tough. Uh, I'm going to try to make it work. Uh, If not, I will try and sort of discuss two games in one show. After that, I will see how the scheduling works, but... But the fact that the game switched venues has also made podcasting tough. So thanks a lot. uh, Stadium issues and NWSL policies and all that. I'm sure uh, I'm top of the list on all of these things, I'm sure. Okay, I'm done now. I'm going to stop the show. Thanks for listening.